Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Silentcast with myself, Ollie, and Glyn. Alright, Ollie. Um, so, um, yeah, this podcast will be talking about um, two games. Um, we've got the um, EFL Trophy game and then also the Oldham game. Uh, we won't be spending too much time on the Cambridge game. Um, and then, yeah, we'll um, come on to talking about um, the um, the whole game solution. So we'll have a bit of chat about that at the end. Yeah, it's quite interesting The uh, after the furore of the sort of EFL Trophy and the changes there that the EFL are now proposing some more changes to the Football League that are quite, um, what's the word, uh, well, big changes really, but uh, we've also had a new couple of new players come in, haven't we, that we've already seen play as well, so there's a few other things to talk about, so um, yeah, should be quite a nice episode. So Ollie, yeah, there's been a, another two games, hasn't there, since we uh, since we last did a podcast. Obviously, one of them, which we you know are not paying much attention to, which was the Cambridge game, and another one which was a very important league game away at Oldham. So um, we'll start off with the Cambridge game. Obviously, it was quite a, an interesting one with all the furore surrounding the AFL Trophy that we actually finally got round to this game. And uh, <laughs> after all the troubles, I think it's uh, maybe reflected on the team because we obviously lost one nil uh, to a team bottom. Bottom of the league, as you were saying before, we were just talking, and uh, wasn't an ideal result considering how much pressure Mellon had been for throwing the the game before away. You know, the three-two game. So yeah, it was um, it was a bit troublesome, wasn't it, on the on the two days afterwards, and it also put a lot of pressure on the old game. I mean, we won't spend too long talking about it, Ollie, but as far as results goes, you probably weren't very impressed, were you? No, it's yeah, it's kind of yeah, like you saying about the boycott and and obviously people not happy with the football league, but yeah, Shrewsbury Town needed a win um, and probably needed a bit of a confidence boost and losing at home to um, bottom of the league, Cambridge is, um, yeah, it didn't really help and yeah, in terms of the um, reaction from the fans, I think people kind of used it as an, uh, yeah, basically a bit of a more of a dig at Maryland because yeah, it's not a good result, is it? No, I th- I thought it was funny because obviously the boycott you know, there was I think it was seven hundred people, seven hundred fans down on a similar games that we've had over the years in that stage of the trophy. Um, so obviously there was a, a noticeable effect of the boycott, and it was quite funny that people were saying, "Well, the people of boycott are not real fans," and yet all the fans that went there ended up booing Mellon and the team off. So it was a, it was a bit of a, a dichotomy there, isn't there, in, tr- in terms of who are the true fans? But yeah, there w- it was noticeable. I suppose there wasn't many people there, and you know, on the strength of the performance from the things I read and and the, and the things I heard, it was a dire performance, and no one really stood out. You know, we'd, we'd a bit of a mix of a team of fringe players. It didn't really have anyone standing out. You know, did you hear about any of the sort of other players that might have been making a claim for a first team place? I didn't. No, yeah, it was. I um, listened to I listened to the um, to the interviews with Mickey Mellon after the game. It sounded like it was yeah, a bit of a, a team put together at last minute, and um, yeah, the kind of the result kind of showed that. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, it's it's not good. It's not a good result. But um, no, it it was. I think the most interesting thing about it, Ollie, was the the reaction afterwards, wasn't yeah. it? To, it just continued that sort of bad momentum that we'd had from the um, oh God, I forget what it was Gillingham, wasn't yeah. it? Gillingham, where we we went three two nil up against lost three two. So it kind of continued that bad momentum, and it gave sort of the melon, uh, melon haters, people call them, don't they? The melon knockers, the melon knockers. That's a bit rude, <laughs> isn't it? Um, uh, the um, the people who've got a, a sort of uh, criticism of melon to to sort of jump on that bandwagon, and it was you know there was quite a lot of stuff out there that was um, bordering on is it time to go, and like we talked about last week, but. Yeah, I think that it just put that pressure on the Oldham game. So um, we'll, we'll go on to talk about the Oldham game. I, really, I think that's what we can really say on Cambridge. It was pretty pretty rubbish. I don't think our chances of getting through to the next round of that trophy <laughs> are going to be all that much, are they? So no. um, yeah, I think we're pretty much out of that. Yeah, three, and it's also okay. We played Sunderland, but still through three defeats in a row, and it, yeah, it did put a mm. lot of pressure on the Oldham game. Yeah, it did. So 
that was good because we finally got back to winning ways in the league. It's only been a couple of games, but um, it was probably one of the more impressive away performances from from everything I read. Obviously, uh, we said in last week's episode, myself and Ollie, for various reasons, couldn't uh, go to the Oldham game. So we um, had a, a, a listener that had said they'd, they'd make a few notes and uh, get a comment about the game. So that we've basically got a bit of audio we're going to play in now to um, see... Uh, what was the guy's name again, Ollie? You have to remind Lewis me. Lewis Jones. Lewis Jones, Lewis Jones. So thanks to Lewis, he, he recorded some thoughts on the game for us. So we'll play a bit of that in now um, and then we'll come back and have a chat about the Oldham game and uh, the return to form. Hi, welcome. We're here at Oldham and looking forward to the game. It's a very soggy day here at Oldham. I'd be amazed if the game isn't postponed, it's that wet. For the lineup, we've gone 3-5-2. So Grimmer's come in as part of the back three with Elhab and... Lancashire, you've also got Sylvan Ebans Blake who's up front with Tony, which I think will be better. I think it'll allow Tony just to perhaps not have to take the pressure of trying to hold the ball up and everything. I think Ebans Blake will probably be better at that and have a bit more experience. Midfield three, Deegan, Agogo and Dodds, though Dodds is a bit more forward, I would expect. And you've also got the wing backs of Brown and Riley. And I think for the wing backs point of view, that suits those two players better. I think that's a natural position. Place the strengths of getting forward because I've got the defensive cover behind them. The game started quite even. Um, Oldham had one chance ahead. Sort of the keeper Luvala was comfortable in terms of knowing it wasn't going to be going in. Generally, the game was quite even, and then Town started to create a few openings. Dodds got in on a through ball from Tony running forward. He sort of pushed himself wide, trying to create an angle, but perhaps went a bit too wide and couldn't get enough power in the shot. And it was a comfortable save for the keeper. Oldham sort of then managed to score a goal with their next attack. Soft free kick conceded on the edge of the D of the box. The player for Oldham who scored, he just sort of lifted it over the wall and in. It was quite soft in that the wall didn't really jump much. And perhaps Luke Valor was a little bit too, I don't know, I've got the impression he stepped too far to his right. For the next 10 minutes, shows we didn't really get themselves back into the game it was like conceding again and not their confidence but it took a while to get going and there was a couple of moments in our box where Alden were causing havoc and could have led to a second goal but frankly we, we withheld the pressure and you know, avoided a situation like Charlton where we suddenly we were 2-0 down and then towards the end of the first half we gradually got ourselves back into it a few nice moments where you had Tony, Ebanis Blake and Dodd sort of linking up nicely and one led to Tony having a shot which from the resulting corner was, was a corner that Came back out to Riley, who had taken the call, and then he uh, crossed it back in. And then Junior Brown, in a similar fashion to his goal against Chesterfield, he ran across the uh, defence with his head. He got a flick on and in off the underside of the bar, making it 1-1. And that was more or less it for the for the half. Brilliant start to the second half. Penalty for the town, Ivan Tony, calm as you like. Uh, bear in mind to our penalty mishaps last season. It was great to see someone just take the initiative. The award for the penalty was given for shirt pulling from what I could tell, but um, the main thing was the ref was on it and he saw it straight away. It did mean though during the rest of the game that of course the older fans were looking for opportunity for the ref to even things up. Uh, soon after the, third, the second goal we then got the third goal uh, and this was a nice bit of football. The town seemed to manage to work it from left to right with Mangan and Agogo linking up then onto Dodds on the edge of the D of the box and he just managed to slip it into Riley who was running in and using the power he has in, in the shot he can get away with. He just rifled it into the top of the net and it was just cracking goal. Fortunately, I was sitting right behind it and it was one of those that you just saw hit straight into the roof of the net and it was great scenes. You know, you thought, great, we've got a, got a great chance of getting the win. But no, we had a couple of more chances, but Grimmer got into a similar position down the right-hand side, but two, you didn't quite get the power behind the shot. And then they had someone sent off for second book for offence, which was, which was the right decision. And then, of course, they get a goal back, which makes it all tense. You're expecting the town normally would throw it away. Of course, what happened last week. But despite the long balls that were being bumped into a box, uh, the town just managed to see it out, with, plus with the additional seven minutes of extra time, which was a bit puzzling. But the main thing, we got the result, and I think after what happened last week and just the need to get a morale-boosting win, sometimes you just take the win over the 
performance. The only decision I thought may have could have cost us was by taking Tony off and putting uh, Waring on up front. Waring didn't quite have the legs to help try and defend from the front and push on. Tony probably would have managed to keep doing that, and he had the energy, energy and legs to keep doing that. Happy with some of the new players that started today. Grimmer, we know about uh, Silver Nevans, Blake did well, and I can see him linking up well with like, Tony up front and allowing Tony just to perhaps not have to deal with all the holding of play. He can just sort of pick off the loose balls to create a bit of space for openings and bringing in other players. So it looked better going forward, and I think 3 5 2 just suits us better. We have more defensive cover and solid midfield, but still got enough going forward. We had a break. And at time, break with a bit of pace and directness. So all round a good performance. Pleasing to be able to come back from last week's disappointment. So thanks to uh, Lewis for his thoughts on the game. They're really useful for the um, the games that we can't get to to actually have uh, the thoughts and feelings of a fan that was actually there. And um, the podcast, as we've said before, it's open to all fans. So if you're at a game and you want to send us your thoughts, you can write them down. Or even if you've got the ability to record some audio at the match, which is... Uh, absolutely cracking then please send it over to us so uh, that would be really good for the podcast but Ollie back to the game back to wing backs what do you think of that I said I think we've talked about this before I think you prefer that don't you but what did you think of the, the change in formation and uh, Mellon you may moving things around again but definitely a change for the better by the sounds of it yeah I think it's um, I think formation should always be um, playing to your strengths um, having Riley and Brown as natural wing backs I think is not a bad move um, it also makes us a bit more solid at the back because obviously we've been losing so um, yeah you need to kind of um, solidify the defence a bit I think it's quite interesting I think it's interesting in, um, in terms of it's kind of Mickey Mellon's most successful tactic and kind mm. of Dodds playing in that number 10 Bobby Grant role and it's pretty much as it's kind of exactly the same kind of setup we had when we got promoted out of League Two, um, and also kind of gets the best players on the pitch, doesn't it? So we got Grimmer back in the team, um, so that's good to see. And no, it was, it was encouraging. Um, I listened, I listened, watched the highlights online. You probably did the same, and yeah, yeah some I nice goals. The podcast, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, some goals. Actually, I mean, we can talk about the goals. Obviously, the standout one was uh, probably Riley's. He did yeah. that thing I like it when players score a good goal, they run past the crowd, sort of, sort of, you know, like their hands on fire, sort of waving <laughs> their hand. Like, he, he knows, he knows, he scored an absolute cracker. Do you think it was better than the one he scored against us last season? Or no, not better no, than not that. Not quite as good, no. was it? But it was still good. Yeah, you know, it was you don't good. See many, don't see many right back scoring goals like that, do you? But no. yeah, um, formation for me. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm old school. I like four four two with two strikers up front. But I can understand why you play that tactic away from home, particularly when you're on a bad run. And the the last thing we wanted was a was a loss there really. And actually, that was probably what we 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 would have had as our first sort of target, wouldn't it? Maybe a get a nil nil or a one one something like that. Yeah. But an opportunity presented itself against a team um, which we weren't playing too well in Oldham, and obviously Mellon sort of changed things around and and got the result we wanted really. So yeah, I, I know you like Grimmer, don't you? I think yeah, I think he's a picked up pro. over the over the time that you think he's a quality player. So you're glad to see him back in the starting lineup. Yeah, no, I was really pleased to see him back. It's um, the third time now on loan, so um, you yeah. never know when his contract ends up. Maybe he'll, he'll come, he'll move to Shrewsbury. But yeah, he's um, as Mickey Mellon was saying in his interview, he's like a kind of everything you'd want from a professional footballer. You know, hard working, committed. He's, he seems like fairly decent and um, intelligent lad, so he seems like he's learning as well. But um, yeah, interesting. He actually says that potentially centre backs his preferred position. So mm. yeah, it kind of strengthens that position, and also we've got a backup for a right back. So no, I think it's a good a good signing. But um, yeah, it's, um, it was good, and yeah, I, I, Brown again was was really solid. He had a really good game, um, so that was good to see as well. Um, and also, it was interesting on Brown's goal that the assist from um, Riley was left-footed. Yeah. So we kind of switched back and crossed it in. So it shows that you know he's a good footballer. 
Yeah, two-footed. Two-footed, it's the modern player, isn't it? You need him to be able to sort of put it in with the yeah. right or the left. And Yeah, I so thought it was a great little cross, wasn't it? And very cheeky little header from Junior Brown. Quite quite knows what he was doing in that position yeah. in the box. I don't, I don't know how he quite got up there from <laughs> It left was from back. a corner. It was oh, from a okay, corner. Fine. So I think, I think think Riley took the corner, it came back out, and then, then he switched it, then he crossed it back in. But no, oh, he's nice. um, he seems he's, he's, um, yeah, he's got a bit of a striker in him, um, Brown, when he's in the box. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fair play to him. He scored two goals now, so that's good. Yeah, it's his old attacking instincts, isn't it, I suppose, from being a winger. He, might, he knows where the back of the net is, I guess. He's probably scored a few goals yep. in his career, so it's not like you've got a left-back suddenly popping up and scoring. So, yeah, Brown continued his good form. I think um, I saw I saw their goals. The first was a good free kick, wasn't it, which, I don't know, could look well yeah. a little bit better. I don't know. It's all, I've never been a goalkeeper, so I find it pretty hard to judge goalkeepers on things like that. It was, a, it was a good free kick. It was a bit clumsy by Tony to give it away, but these things happen, don't they, in, uh, yeah. in this level of football? Um yeah, so I wasn't really too much to complain about with the first goal, was there? I, I can't remember what the second goal was like. Oh, it was near the end, wasn't it? When they sort of it was a, came in and someone yeah, it was some, yeah when we were yeah someone cleared it and they just sort of shot back in through a whole host of players and um, yeah, so that was a bit unlucky. I was a bit surprised though because I was I was obviously away at a wedding and sort of following it on Twitter because I was the only thing I had enough signal to get and the last 10 15 minutes following it with just text updates is just awful when it was 3-2 and it was 7 minutes injury time and they had hit the bar and I was thinking oh my god we can't throw another lead away but yeah they held on and I think we were just talking before weren't we about Mickey Mellon coming out and finally saying something sensible in a pre-match interview which was it doesn't really matter does it it was just about winning a game and that's completely right yeah no it was it was it was um it was a very wet day um up and up in Oldham it was yeah just about getting the three points um a clean sheet would have been perfect, but yeah, we're not looking for perfect right now, are we? We're no. just looking to get a string of string of um, results to go. It's actually um, funny, obviously, you saying you're at a wedding. I did one of those wolf runs where oh, you yeah. kind of just get like really muddy and stuff. So I was driving back, and as I was getting closer, um, so the run was in Warwickshire, and I was picking up Shropshire Radio. Um, <laughs> so I just started to hear the second half, and yeah, we just kind of clung on. We clung on to the end. But um, yeah, 82nd minute they scored their second goal. Um, which obviously put a lot of pressure on. Mm. But interestingly, actually, on Mellon, we criticised Mellon in the last pod, didn't we? For not make well, I particularly did for not making any changes. Yeah. Um, and this time, he he did take off Dodds, brought on Black, and kind of yeah, basically almost like two banks of three with a wing back supporting. Mm. So we kind of yeah, we it was a bit close. Um, it's almost a bit nail biting just watching the um, the highlights. They got pretty close, and again. Their goal was again from a corner, yeah. a scrappy goal from a corner. So it's really something we definitely need to work on there. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a bit concerning, isn't it? That it's, it's interesting. We're obviously now got to the point where we can actually score a few goals, but we're still leaking at the back. And I think sometimes that sort of attacking prowess comes at a, a bit of a, a disbenefit to the defence, doesn't it? So, you know, there's something to be tightened up at the back. And certainly if you're scoring two, three goals every game, you'll um, probably win more games than you lose, won't you? So... Yeah, it, it's certainly maybe a, another sign of the progress we're making. But yeah, I, I, it's funny you say about Radio Shropshire. You, I reckon most Shrewsbury Town fans who travel away will know this, but there's always a point where you get to just around about Burton when you're driving sort of anywhere on the East Coast and you suddenly get Radio Shropshire back after a game. I can remember loads of times when we've got got in the car after, say, playing Doncaster or like Grimsby and nailed it for like an hour back to Burton just to be able to try and get Radio Shropshire on before the sports report finished. Well, obviously not Grimsby, that's probably a bit too far, but yeah. those sort of games are there. But yeah, I know what you mean about getting Radio Shropshire on. But anyway, um, yes, going back to the game, yeah, the defending still leaves a bit to be desired, doesn't it, from the corners? But it's been going on a few weeks now, hasn't it? You'd think that they might have got a bit better at defending them, or is it just a physicality problem like we've talked about before? Yeah, I think, yeah, coming back to you saying before about scoring goals and stuff, it's clearly defending we need to work on. But I think the, the, the positive they always say, is, and it's a bit of a football cliche, that you know if, you, if you're scoring goals, you've always got a chance. And I think defending is something we can work on. I think it's harder to work on scoring goals. Mm. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, we've... 
yeah, this is the first week we've had for a while, isn't it, without a midweek game? Yeah. So that's maybe going to give them a little bit extra time to kind of recharge the batteries and also, yeah, do a bit, have an extra day or two on the training ground where hopefully they can, yeah, work on defending. A bit of time to bask in the glow of a win as well, which isn't something they've had previously, is it? Because, say, even the games we've won, they've pretty much messed up directly afterwards and then been back into sort of that downward spiral of particularly with the confidence sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I noticed that Deegan at the end of the game said that the main feeling, thing he was feeling was just relief, wasn't it? And I think yeah. when you're in that situation, then, yeah, I think he wasn't the only one to be feeling the relief I was looking at the highlights and the town fans went mental when we scored the third and it was just like that sense of relief from them as well so yeah it looks like we might have finally turned a corner but obviously we have to come back to the um, the elephant in the room which is there was I don't know how many fans were there something like two or three hundred Shrewsbury Town fans there's another four thousand you know odd who were waiting for our next home game coming up and I know we've got another away game in between but Mellon's got to win a home game hasn't he just to get that majority of the fan base back on side and, and a good win would really help in the next home game but losing not losing to Berry would be a start before that but yeah it's, it's going to be important yeah and it also could be that well Scunthorpe are fifth in the league right now um, they did drop a place or two um, yeah they've got 10 points well we've got seven so you know they haven't had a bad start to the season it could be a big test and Berry's results aren't, haven't been bad either no. they haven't had a bad start season they're okay they've only got one more point than us but they've beaten some pretty decent teams so yeah no it's going to Berry's going to be a, a big test uh, are you going to that game? I will be going to Berry yeah so I'll be able to do us I might take the um, audio equipment up there and do something live from the game I'm tempted to go I'm tempted to go as well I'm tempted to go as well so yeah I might be going to that one as well so um, yeah we'll see good man well, I'm going to take my little lad up uh, for his first away game of the season he's only five so we'll probably go we normally do think something in the morning so I think we might go to the traffic centre and watch a film Finding Dory yep. has been muted uh, but uh, <laughs> after, after that we might go and find some goals at Berry, and then uh, that might be a, a good end of the day for me so yeah so it should be a good day and um, I'm looking forward to that one actually but Going back to it, at this time of the season, isn't it, Ollie, that a win against Berry and suddenly we're in the playoffs. So it's a bit mental, isn't it, really, at this time yeah, of the season? Yeah, it's quite a flat league table. It's quite strange. So, yeah, you've, we've got seven points, but so are four other teams. Then three teams of brothers have got eight points, and then another four teams of brothers have got ten points. So, yeah, it's only really Bolton and Bradford have kind of, like, yeah, had a pretty solid start to the season. But, um, yeah. Um, Going back to your um, your kind of thing, you remember you mentioned when you first noticed El Hab. Did you watch the highlights where um, El Hab came running in to uh, um, give Clark his thoughts on his dive with Tony? I didn't know. Unfortunately, I only watched oh. the highlights on YouTube because I'm too tight to play oh, yeah. the shoes world. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should. Uh, it was brilliant. So basically, what happened is Tony um, kind of kind of like a bit of a striker, kind of putting some pressure on the on the central defender, and Clark had been whinging all game because he gave away the penalty and he was just moaning all the way through. And um, he starts having a go at Tony, and out of nowhere, El Hab just comes running in and gives him a mouthful it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant. so no, it's good to see um, well, I can't remember how, when was the last time we had a captain you know who was going to kind of come over and kind of be a leader and mm. also, you know and he, he did it in a quite controlled way you know he came over made his point you know it wasn't like he was going to get booked or anything but no it was really good to see and um, it was good to see a captain kind of defending the lads so no, yeah, that, that was good definitely one of the more physical captains we've had over the last 10-20 yeah. years isn't he in terms of his stature and his stature in the game as well I mean I was looking at some Barry fans talking about El Abdon he had a little loan um, spell with Barry I don't know if you know that and okay. he, he played really well and they highly rated him but he fell out with the management team there I think he was on loan obviously and these things happen so they were saying that it's going to be interesting there's also Riley who's going to have a point to yep. prove when he goes back to his old club but there's a bit of history with Alabd as well so I was saying well he's on four yellows so we might as well guarantee he's going to get a fifth 
against Barry if he's got a bit of needle in it and uh, he'll be suspended for the next home game. Yeah, no, it was, um, it's funny, like we said before, I went to Uni in the North, went to Lancaster and I've got a good friend of mine who's a Barry fan. So I texted him on Saturday or Sunday or whatever and I said, um, I said, hey, how's he getting on? And he said, not a bad start to the season. He said, if we keep going like that, they'll be safe. He said, but Port Vale were terrible. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, interesting to see how we get on there. It's yeah. always a funny place. Obviously, we've we don't normally draw when we go there. I always remember winning or losing. I think the only game anyone remembers at Berry is the playoff game, isn't it? Yeah, I forgot that was it. fantastic. I forgot, actually, I do remember one other game at Berry. I say we and Ollie have talked about our sort of history as town fans before over the years. I've been going since I was a kid, so it's probably like mid nineties I've been to. But I remember, I remember the playoff game. That was just a stunning game. It was the yeah, best atmosphere was. of a game I'd been at a town game away from home. Um, you know, I can think of two or three. MK Don's away was cracking as well, wasn't it? But the other Berry game room was we went um we went four nil down there one year and I remember like town fans leaving just after half time and then in the second half Jemson scored a hat trick and we ended up losing four three. I remember that being one of the most crazy games I've been to. It's like it we lost so most people don't remember it, but I remember that being a pretty crack classic game we got there. And I remember it was, this was during when the EBF were following the town all over the place and they all left at half time and when we got the third goal everyone was like, Oh but they didn't bet they shouldn't have gone but I don't suppose they cared. But yeah. that was no, a pretty pretty good memories of, of Berry there, I suppose although we lost. But yeah, but it's a good it's a good atmosphere and it's always a good day out and you get a chance to go and have a some is Berry the one with the chip shop across the road? I think it is. That's how I remember yeah. my football grounds. It's, like. I, I remember, yeah, I remember it. Well, I often go and meet my mate for a meal, so or pub lunch or something like that. But um, yeah, it's one of those good grounds where you can park close and yeah, yeah old school kind of terraces and stuff. So um, walking into the ground, so no, it should be good. Well, I might see you there, Ronnie. If you're there, yeah, we'll, we'll meet up and we'll have a chat about uh, about things. So anyway, that's by the side. Um, I would just go back to the Cambridge game. Actually, I forgot something. Did you see how Shrewsbury Town managed to neglect to know the rules about suspensions in the EFL Trophy? Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Um, Jesus, because yeah, that, that was pretty embarrassing. So um, I don't know how it's set up in Shrewsbury. Whether there's a club secretary that um, you know kind of has to manage those kind of rules, but there yeah, is. it wasn't good that um, El Hab was dropped, so he wouldn't get a booking. Mm. But um, yeah, he couldn't have got booked. Well, he could have got booked. Sorry, but it wouldn't have counted towards the league. So yeah, that was a little bit embarrassing. And it made. And that's the worst thing about the club is that they made the mistake. But it, it, when Stu Dunn was asking about it twice, and he was really specific in the post-match interview that he definitely didn't want to play Alab because he didn't want to. It just made him look like a bit of a mug, really, didn't it? So there's yeah. obviously a miscommunication there because I, I was reading online the next day that everyone had had the letter for two or three days about the rules. So yeah, not ideal. She's town. You've got to sort those sort of things no. out when your manager, especially when the manager was under pressure you know what I mean after the last couple of results and that night the last thing you wanted was fans thinking oh what a mug he doesn't even know the rules so they need to yeah. kind, of, kind of get their managers back on that one but yeah that was just something yeah, I forgot bit of, to mention bit of an own goal but maybe we just finish the, on the three match report so we did the three match report on Twitter again so yeah, please follow report, us yeah. on yeah, please follow us on Twitter. So yeah, just to kind of get a bit of opinion from the fans. So um, three fantastic, three fantastic points. Season starts now, which is quite an interesting comment from Jack, um, from Alex. Just about enough. <laughs> um, about bloody time. <laughs> Delighted for Mickey. Big win. To fight. And then another guy called Mark was saying tighter defence needed. So he's kind of yeah, agreeing with what we've said. Yeah, I, I do like those three match reports any more than anyone's got of those at any game. Just send them over without us asking for them. We'll, we'll happily read them out. I say the other thing that from from the game is obviously we we got the thoughts of Lewis before, um, and obviously he picked his top three. We didn't we didn't cover that because we'll put that towards our sort of player of the season uh, award we're doing. So who yeah. who did he pick for his top three? I, I can't remember. Yeah, so he went for Riley. Yeah. and then Brown. So another one for Brown. Good, yeah. And then um, yeah, and then then our new striker. So, oh. number, so that was good. Yes. So yeah, no, it's um, he said that um, he was quite mobile and he, he brought in. So yeah, that was that was good. 
Yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat about him now in the setup news because obviously he's yeah. one of the signings we've got. So, yeah, so we've obviously covered all the games there, and we're looking forward to Barry. And then um, you said we got Scunthorpe after that, didn't you? At home, is that who you said we got? No. Yeah, we have got Scunthorpe. Yeah, so we got Barry, then we got Scunthorpe, and then we're away at Wimbledon again, which is always a pretty decent away game. And then home against um, Peterborough on a Tuesday night. Yes, yeah, so that's not. It doesn't feel like again. It doesn't feel like a bad run of fixtures for a team that are in no. form. And if we if we win one of the next two, you'd think we'll probably pick up two or three wins over the next four games. So yes, yeah, so considering. Compared to our last podcast, it's as you said before that it changes so quickly that there's a lot more to be positive about now, isn't there? But I yeah, think, I think all fans have got to just bear in the back of their mind that I don't think all our problems have been solved in a couple of weeks, in, in a week or so. So, no, you know, Mellon for me still got a lot to prove in September and into October that um, his little refresh of the squad just at the end of the transfer window works. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. So, should, should we wrap that up there and go and talk about the, yeah. the transfers and the news, Ollie? Yeah, let's go on to the news. That's it. The referee blows the whistle. And it's call time on this uh, traditional end of season curtain down a rapturous applause. rapturous applause from the home supporters. Good from night. me, Colin Bloomfield, and from away supporters, veteran yep. Glenn Price. Good night. So now we go on to Salop news. So um, interestingly, we all thought that the um, transfer deadline was going to be quiet for Shrewsbury, but we actually had, um, I'd say both of them were kind of surprises. Obviously, um, signing um, Jack Grimmer back again is not a surprise but kind of is a surprise because yeah. it's his third loan and we all thought that as you know you were saying you were tracking him over the summer and he was um, getting in Fulham's um, team yeah. in pre-season um, and then obviously we signed a um, a bit of like a Wolves legend and Ebanks Blake so yeah I think what what do you make of those two signings Clint? That was quite it was quite impressive both of them I think before we go to talk about the players I think Town sort of uh, pulled a bit of a blind didn't they because we were, we were desperate for something to sort of cheer everybody up and, and get that feeling good feeling back and I think both of them are on the verge of. I mean, huge fans have always got this thing, haven't we, about wow signings? You know, is is it the next Grant Holt wow signing? And I think Ebanks Blake is on the verge of being a wow signing. He's definitely a player that has got the pedigree. He's a player we've heard about. He's um, you know, he he gets goals where he goes most places, and you know, it was impressive. And and Grimmer's the opposite. You know, he's not a player that's particularly well known in the football world, really. But for us, he's been fantastic every time we've had him. So it is you know a bit of a wow signing to get him back as well. So in terms of transfer windows and late deals, it's probably probably the best we've had to be honest with you. We're actually involved in all the excitement of the deadline day deals so I thought it was quite good to be honest yeah no it was good um, and I think also um, it's nice that we don't have any baggage in the club you know no. we've um, we've got rid of we got rid of Wellens um, we got rid of um, like Collins and all those guys so yeah and it feels like I'd, you'd imagine haven't heard too much about the squad um, how everyone's getting on but you haven't heard any bad things either so no it seems like we've got quite a bit of a bit of a balance more better balanced squad now so um, no it should be good and hopefully um, yeah, a bit of experience up front with Tony could be um, yeah, a good strike force yeah I think he's definitely the sort of player to, to um, bring a wealth of experience to Tony's game isn't he if you think about the way that they probably play um, I think we were just looking before we talked then about the fact that he's sort of one in three in terms of the goals he scores so yeah. um, not prolific but he offers a lot more as well doesn't he in terms of you know the way he can bring players in and his physical strength and stuff like that so I'll, I'll be interested to see him in his you know I've not seen him play yet obviously because I didn't go to the game last week but I'll be looking to um, sort of keep an eye on him on uh, on Saturday when we go to Bury and, and see how he plays so yeah I mean I've, I've seen yeah. him, I've seen him in Wolves games quite a few times but never live yeah no it'd be good and also obviously um, if Dodds is playing in that um, number 10 position and we saw um, against um, Gillingham that he can score that yeah hopefully goals will have we'll get more goals from yeah all over the pitch and um, yeah hopefully obviously Tony got his first goal um, from the penalty spot so no yeah it's, mm. let's hope Barry can be a good result it's hard to judge strikers it's usually the minute until they play because we ruin them and we've said this the other week about how many strikers come here with a, even a reasonable record and then within three or four weeks they're just rubbish you know 
Tommy's-esque. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully he doesn't quite fall into the, the absolute pits for Shrewsbury Strikers and gets a few goals and does enough to keep his place. But yeah, it was uh, Grimmer as well. It was most surprising, I suppose, because people were just thinking, why why would we sign Grimmer back when we've already got Riley and he's you know not playing too bad and thinking it's a like-for-like player. But obviously we've been shown in the game since that Grimmer can actually... Grimmer's added a lot to his game since he was last year. You know, being able to play the right of a centre-back and, and play it to a reasonable level was, was quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, no, it's good. And yeah, who knows what formation I've seen in the last few games we've played um, a, a fourth I don't know what we played at Cambridge I can't remember who cares but um, yeah exactly who cares but we obviously played um, at home in the league obviously we played four at the back then we've gone to three at the back so it's almost because obviously people that is interesting the fans don't like it do they They, they some fans prefer to see a settled team yeah. um, and a settled formation but I guess it also adds that element of uncertainty for the opposition mm. so they don't know how we're going to turn it and also obviously we can change formation in the game so um, no no there were two two good signings, yeah. two good signings. It's, it's interesting isn't it that we made two signings when you, you thought we already had a reasonably large squad didn't we and and mm. reasonable amount of cover everywhere we, we talked last week about where we'd want a player and we said right back and that's what we signed and then we also said striker as well didn't we so it was fairly apparent if we were going to bring players in it was those positions but it's also because the loan rules have changed as people are starting to become aware we can't just go out now and loan someone for a couple of months you know there are no emergency loans for other players other than the odd goalkeeper so this is the squad we've got right the way through to January and you you can't be too disappointed in it it's definitely got quality yeah it has and um, it's interesting actually because obviously last year I'd say we kind of struggled for strikers but now we've got um, a whole range of strikers Mm -hmm. in terms of different um, different abilities and different strengths and um, yeah it's obviously puts a lot of pressure on um, Smith and um, Mangan to try and get in mm. back into the first team you're right though it, it, it doesn't uh, scream of there being at any what's the word um, not consistency well consistency it does scream that we're going to rotate teams a lot to get these players playing because we would not have had these players coming out on loan to just sit on our bench all the time like wearing no. you know that wearing wearing I forget how you pronounce wearing, it yeah. wearing yeah he, he's such a long way away from playing now if you think about it you know it doesn't look yeah. like he's going to get many games at all and I can't imagine that this lone parent club are going to be too happy about that so competition places up front is, for striker is absolutely frightening and also um, obviously um, we never mentioned it on the previous pods but I did actually get that guy's name right Chow- um, Chowley from um, from Stoke if we're not playing um, wingers where's he going to play so yeah no it's um, it's going to be interesting the team selections and, and also the formations and what players we're going to have so every time we get a team sheet it's going to be quite interesting mm. to see what we uh, what we are having so yeah it's something to look forward to yeah I'd forgotten about that Barcelona wonder kid I just you know he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's got a big he's got a hard job to be getting in the team as well hasn't he so yeah you got his name right but it has been, as has been mentioned by someone unnamed at the football club I can't and you can't get Saravich's name right apparently it's Skar- Skarovic or Skarovic Skar- okay. Skarovic is how I thought it was <laughs> Christ knows. We'll never get it right, uh, and don't even blame us for not getting it right. Because no. there we go. It's not even the worst. Mo- it's not even one of the most foreign names you can ever come across either, is it? Really? But no, it's not. there we go. We'll, we'll try our best to get their names right. But um, yes. So that was the two signings on uh, transfer deadline day. We didn't lose anyone after Wellens had gone, which was probably good. I mind, mind you, the way we've been playing in the last couple of games, you'd have been surprised if anyone wanted to buy our players. But um, the other thing you wanted to mention was uh, as one of our loan players that you'd spotted out on loan, and your thoughts on him. Yeah, it's, it was quite interesting. I can't remember how I was like just browsing online on Sunday, um, and I came across that um, yeah, our man Anderson out on loan to um, Hales Owen um, scored two goals and got man of the match. Mm. 
So yeah, it's it's just crazy. Obviously, in the F- FA Cup first qualifying <laughs> round, which so, <laughs> FA Cup obviously seems quite a long way for Shrewsbury yet. But um, yeah. no, it was good to see. Um, I don't actually live two miles away from Hellzone, so if Shrewsbury aren't playing um, or Shrewsbury playing away and I can't go, maybe I'll go to see how it gets on. But yeah. um, you said you saw the goal. Yeah, it was like they they host their goal online. He, he, I think he scored. Um... He scored two goals, didn't he? And on one of them, he, he was out on the wing, the goal I saw, and he sort of ran down the line, beat a couple of players, cut in, and, and really neat finish. And, and he showed he had a bit of pace about him. So he's obviously got a contract for us, and we obviously got a bit of a future and, and potentially could make it. So hopefully he goes and bangs a load of goals in there. You have to say, though, for someone like Anderson and even Ethan Jones now, you do worry about him getting a game now, wouldn't you? If, if Anderson was here, he wouldn't get a game. But Ethan Jones obviously started the season for us and, and looked reasonably well. He was one of our sort of standout players in the first few games, wasn't he, Ollie? And now he looks, he yeah. looks, uh, he looks to be right down the pecking order which is which is a which was which is a bit of a shame really because he was the only young local lad we had kind of coming through with Dom Smith out on loan so hopefully his situation changes and, and maybe next one you'll see is well he can't get on loan now either can he so no he go. can't no he's stuck so yeah so yeah I imagine they got he must be good enough for them to say no we don't want to put you out on loan mm. but um yeah I thought it was just interesting to see that a player has gone out on loan he's performing well uh, he's yeah been man of the match so yeah a fair play to him and um, yeah hopefully he's one for the future yeah maybe we should um, have a think about the podcast and, and uh, in the future maybe our players are on loan we should maybe every couple of weeks just have our little loan report and, and sort of yeah. have a look from the other clubs fans at base and um, what they've been up to how they've been getting on and maybe just sort of report back how the lads are doing really because it is something that you know is difficult to find out sometimes with these Plat- uh, players out at sort of smaller clubs that don't maybe put highlights online or stuff but we're resourceful fellas Ollie we can find out so maybe yeah. maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks time we'll have a look at how the lads have been getting on yeah good idea yeah okay well that was the, that was the two bits of news anyway we were going to just go on to talking about the the EFL's latest uh, ideas <laughs> Ollie the whole game solution what, what I mean before we go on to it what do you know about it do you know all that much about it? Um, no, I, I, I've heard about it, listened to it on the radio. Um, I don't know whether they did it the right time with the um, England game yeah. um, and other things going on, but um, yeah, it, it didn't seem to get too much media attention. I don't know whether they've... But yeah, it's just slightly come out. We're going to potentially change the league. So yeah, I don't know, Glenn, if you want to kind of just do a summary for everyone. What yeah. what, 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 what your view is yeah. what so you've seen. I saw, I saw the letter. There's been a letter that was sent out to all club chairman, chief executives and secretaries. I got a copy of it. I printed out just as a, a sort of look through. And they had it back on the 17th of August. So they've had it a while. And essentially it's sort of some generic ideas about what ways they could change the football league. Um, and then also asks a sort of series of questions. So if you don't know too much about it, I'll ask you these questions, but I'll, I'll set out first what it is. So the principle is to, to create five leagues. Um, and each league to have uh, less teams in, so 20 teams, um, which means that they will, over the course of three seasons, reduce the amount of midweek games from you know what we have now to basically zero, so it's to remove all Tuesday night games. And those games getting moved then allows them to move some things like the FA Cup into midweek, so rounds four or five um, and maybe earlier rounds into the week. And that way, basically, it gives the Premiership more time to play games at the weekend and cuts down their, their games in the weekend. So that's the general principle of it. And obviously having an additional league requires more teams so there's that element to consider and some of the things in there are a bit hair-raising there's also an issue with the fact that obviously that might be financially problematic for some football clubs if you say well we're not going to play you know 12 games well not 12 games but what is four times eight eight games a season that you would have previously played there's eight games where your income is now gone and obviously football clubs are pretty worried about that and there's a few lines in this letter about well we think that that shortfall will be met by the premiership teams but we haven't got any guarantee of that so that would worry me if I was a football league chairman um, and there's a, there's a few other things as well bits and pieces in there but yeah it's it's 
it's all again about making the game work for England and and and, and our national team. And but for me as a football league fan, it does seem a little bit like it's dictated around the needs of getting in a winter break for the Premiership and making sure they don't have to play in the week. <laughs> Which yeah, well, obviously they can make more money because everyone wants the games yeah. in the week. Because obviously a a late a um, a late game. So I've been a, abroad um, when I was backpacking in like Vietnam and all around the world. And yeah, you could watch a, the twelve o'clock game, the three o'clock game, and the five o'clock game in like their daytime or evening mm. or whatever. So in on their evening, and it's fantastic. So yeah, for me it seems. And also the money thing. You know, um, I work in procurement and you know negotiate contracts for a living. Surely it's not going to be forever, is it? Whatever they negotiate, it's nope. not going to be for fifty, a hundred years. So it just seems like um, I don't know whether the I don't know what's in the water at the um, football league um, headquarters these days. But yeah, I, I, I'm well. I hope hope our club. I hope our club mm, say no. Well, I, I, I've got some audio to play later, which is um, Brian Caldwell's initial thoughts on it, which um, was on online, and I've asked the club if we can play it in because I think it gives a bit of context. I'll I'll play that very end when we've talked about it because it just gives you an idea of what the football club think, which is not yep. particularly positive. But um, yeah, Sean Harvey, Sean Harvey, who's the um, EFL chairman, and he's obviously put a lot of backs, a lot of fans' backs up over the last few months in terms of these crazy ideas. Um, and you know. <laughs> The money thing. Do you know what worries me the most about the money thing? Is if if go on, go on. I know you just wanted to say something. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like, where are these teams going to mm. come from then? So is it is it is it Man United B? Is it Everton? Is it? I heard. I did hear on the radio there was um, the rumor again about um, um, Celtic and Rangers, which I now realise obviously because of this yeah. proposal. Um, so yeah, if. I don't know. I can see why having less games and kind of maybe fixing it around. There is a lot. It's a big, a big old season. But yeah, less games. I just don't mm. see how the the clubs are going to survive. And also, winter break. Um, you hear about especially non-league clubs. Um, you know, smaller clubs than Shrewsbury really struggle with cash yeah. flow over over the summer. So you had another gap in. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to work. Yeah, it, 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 so one of the questions that it asks the, the clubs, the, you know, the secretaries and the chairman is, where do you believe the additional team should come from, and where do you believe the additional team should not come from? So that's the two questions they've asked. So obviously, there's a range of things that that they can come from. They can either be, you know, Scottish teams that they invite. They can either be brought up from the conference, which if this did happen, I'd like to see that because it retains the sort of, you know. <laughs> nature of our football league doesn't it they could be premiership b teams they could be elected from elsewhere so you might suddenly find that because of what's been going on at um salford they might just get elected straight into the football league so yeah could be new franchise teams for cities that don't have teams already it, the whole you know there's no whys and wherefores about anything about that sort of thing it does open up a, a big can of worms just that section of it really yeah no it's and um yeah no it's um and it's for me it doesn't not i'm not not impressed no and the money thing i was going to say before before we just interrupted me then was that the thing that worried me about it was if it did work and they made all these changes and you were suddenly making up your shortfall of money from the premiership teams all it means is you're more all it means is the football league is more um what's the word sort of not in the pocket but Reliance, beholden but yeah. yeah beholden to the yeah. premiership money and it and all it's going to be is it just they're going to exert more and more pressure over the football league which they already do a lot anyway by the sorts of things that've been going on and it's just going to make things for our sort of clubs and particularly our fans even more difficult i think personally um yeah, yeah. there's there was also the yeah, on. yeah our negotiation position is weaker mm. so yeah when it comes to so they've already they've already started stealing our our youth players yeah. so they can do that freely now they've still stolen the um, the St. Johnson Pone tr- Trophy mm. so they've taken that um, yeah what will be next yeah. so yeah it's it's um, and what, just kind of creates fear with fans and yeah it just feels like yeah people are not being listened to these days no that was the only one of the points I made in it is that it's supposed to now involve stakeholder you know 
which is fans, i.e. anyone that's involved in the decisions that are going to be made, we're supposed they're supposed to be going out and asking the question of it. But you know, until this letter sort of appeared online in sort of places saying, "Hey guys, you know this is happening," there was no consultation, was there? You know, a part of our sports parliament, the football club had not asked us any questions about it, even though their their thoughts are reasonably negative towards changes like this. One of the other points in it Ollie which probably is the best of the ideas maybe if you think about it is to if you had five leagues is to regionalize the two bottom leagues which maybe has some merit in terms of you know fans and thinking about just more local games and less traveling and saving some money and it's still maintaining the nature of a competitive football league I guess but that was the only sort of idea I think I could even start to sort of countenance really compared to all the other stuff yeah but it doesn't always work for Shrewsbury does it no because <laughs> um, we're always we're kind of obviously being in the middle we kind of yeah obviously teams like say Berry are in the bottom and yeah Berry, Scunthorpe, Oldham, Rochdale loads of teams but yeah for us yeah. but um, yeah, we'll see fingers crossed um, I think hopefully the um, the boycott and the low attendances across the whole country from the um, the trophy will hopefully send a, a message and mm. uh, and also I'm sure where clubs where there isn't much dialogue I'm sure the dialogue between fans and clubs have increased yeah. with the boycott and things like that so yeah it's be interesting to hear what um, what the clubs say yeah I, I'll, I'll play in that audio now from Brian who um, I don't know if anyone called to the YouTube uh, he, does, he does a weekly interview with uh, Ian Whitfield the media manager which has been quite good for the podcast Ollie because it always gives us a few things to talk about off the back of it and gives you an update on things and once again, always update you about how the grass is growing at the training pitch, which we're all utterly <laughs> totally fascinated with. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll play in this audio now and then uh, everyone can kind of get at least our chief executive's thoughts about it. There's not been a great deal of detail, if I'm honest. Uh, they have sent an email to us to, to, to have a think about just some various points about if they were extending the league, where we'd want the clubs coming from, where would we not wanting the clubs come from? Um, and just points like that. I mean... Me personally, I think we, you know, I think the status quo is my pref- preferred choice. Um, I don't think it's vastly wrong for what we're doing just now. Um, but having only been here for six months, but that's that's certainly my my impression. Um, it's it's not broken, so why fix it? So yeah, cheers for the club for letting us use that little bit of audio, and it's um interesting to see that Brian's initial thoughts, having not been in England too long, and obviously he's had to deal with probably things like um you've seen there's a new trophy isn't there up in Scotland this season, which is like the Welsh teams versus the Scottish teams. So he's obviously come across his fair share of um strange uh, initiatives, but it is the idea is you know if it ain't broke don't fix it, which just seems like a particularly good summary to me and the sort of thing I would be saying really. Yeah, no, definitely, and um yeah, it'd be interesting to didn't do we know when when the votes are going to be cast or when the feedback's going to come. No, the letter says... I'll read you that now. Excuse the rustling of paper, people listening. Um, it says um, they've got to respond by the 2nd of September. So they've already responded, and then they've got like okay. a, the football clubs have a meeting in like October, I think. But um, What, in yeah. Dubai or somewhere like that? Uh, it'd probably be somewhere sal- salubrious, won't it? Yeah, well, we're all slumming yeah. it. it. they probably wait until, like, um, I don't know, what, November to have the AGMs, because then, you know, they can get a bit of winter sun <laughs> yep. and, and avoid, avoid being there. But... Um, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one as, as, as something that can, you know, potentially be quite a, a big um, impact to fans. But the other thing just to think about it is that recently rules were changed at the FA because I think a lot, sorry, the EFL, because a lot of football clubs are obviously worried about being railroaded into changes that could have massive detrimental impacts on the clubs and, you know, as the owners, their businesses. So all 90% of football league clubs have to agree to any changes that come forward. But, you know, there might be piecemeal. There might be some of those changes football clubs are happy with and some aren't. And those might be adjacent, not adjacent to what fans think. So it, it is something that, you know, these ideas are out there and things are being talked about. And it's just something that um, I think there should be more stakeholder engagement, as they would call it, with the fans. But there we go. We'll, we'll see. 
so yeah so that's the changes really that are coming forward so I think that covers this week's news really and uh, that's something we'll keep an eye on over the weeks going forward and uh, Salop News will be back next week so uh, we'll go into our, uh, our summary now two minutes of the 19 remaining Ian Wone across the take Atkins joining the ranks forward Wilding is there as well and it's got in and it's Jensen again so Ollie that's episode eight, pretty much wrapped up now. We've just got to have our predictions for the the Berry game. Um, I don't think any of us did very well last week, did we? I think we both predicted Town to lose, or you predicted us to draw, and then obviously went and won at Oldham. So that's no points to either of us. We're still stuck on three points each. So uh, yeah, Berry away. We've been quite positive. What, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna go. I don't think we'll get a clean sheet, but um, I'm hoping <laughs> we can um, yeah finally get a result and um, just like Mickey Mellon with his make. Um, can give him some the man their manager Flipkoff can give him some abuse for winning so I'm hoping I can do the same with my mate from uni so yeah I'm going to go for 2-1 win to Shrewsbury oh good man yeah I, I'm going to go for a draw I think that back at the start of this week we would have probably been quite happy for four points that last uh, uh, six away from home wouldn't we so yeah I think we'll probably maybe play a little bit more conservatively knowing that a point's a decent result and uh yeah, grind a 1-1 one, one out, I reckon. So I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that if I was going, which I yep. am. So, yeah, 1-1 one, one for me, and we'll, we'll see We'll see the results next week. And maybe one of us can take the lead, because it's uh, not been the most high-octane competition so no. far, is it, Ollie? <laughs> In terms <laughs> it's been of pretty our, our prediction It just shows you how hard it is, how hard it is to, to, to it predict is. a result. Well, it's funny. Pre- predicting results and betting on football uh, is a topic we should definitely re- revisit, Ollie. It, yeah, I've, um, I don't know if you've read, seen that book. It's a book called um, like Numbers Football Numbers, I can't remember what it's called, but I've I've hadn't finished it yet. I was, I've got quite a way into it, but yeah, the um, yeah, it's just, it's betting on football is difficult. It is very difficult. I'm I'm part of a I call it a betting syndicate, but one of my friends who's um, always been big into his betting's got like a uh, twelve of us. It's a couple of quid each week, and then we pick one result and we put two sort of accumulative bets on. Um, but we've we come on the very first week we did it, which was the start of last season. We came incredibly close to winning like fifty grand, and me and one of my mates let us down. And my bet was on Shrewsbury to win, and we lost in the last minute against Burton. Yeah. Do you remember that game? And it was basically cost us an absolute ton of money, and then we never came close to winning at all last yeah. season. Um, and we're all people that go to town games every week. We we think we know everything there is to know about football, and it's it's almost impossible to get twelve people to get the correct results in one it week. Is it impossible. is impossible. We did win some. We won about six hundred quid at one point last week. I think it was. Which sorry, not last week, last season. Which was not too bad but again this season we haven't really come that close so I, d- I do like the odd uh, if like, but it's more about the banter I think isn't it? You know, you're you never going to get your uh, you're never going to get that much money out of it although if we win we've all got our wives to agree that we can go to Vegas <laughs> so <laughs> one day the dream the dream will happen but probably not for about 10 yeah. years <laughs> cool so um, yeah so um, I think that kind of brings us to close of episode 8 which is crazy when we yeah. first started in the summer we're now on episode 8 so yeah we'll come back um, maybe maybe Sunday something like that we'll do the podcast and yeah I, it's a good chance both have been to the game so yeah let's have a chat about that and see where the, the land lies and um, yeah see whether Mickey Merlin is the hero or whether he's getting a lot of abuse online again <laughs> yeah it's it's always quite good I think we, we quite like doing the podcast directly after the game yeah. on a Sunday night because it gives you a chance to react in that sort of heat the moment thing which I think people quite like you you'd like to be listening to someone talk passionately um, so yeah maybe we can do that on Sunday night if uh, if all's well but we've got some quite exciting things maybe coming down the line yeah. as, don't we about the podcast and we can't talk about them yet because 
you know, deals aren't signed. That doesn't that's makes sense. Sign a deal, but no, we, we haven't quite finalised some of it. But yeah, we, we've certainly got some ideas and, and some things we want to bring the, the listeners. And um, I say thanks to everybody that's been listening. We've, we've been really blown away by the, with the people that have been listening. And uh, yeah, get in contact with the podcast and keep, keep sending us your stories over. If you want to be involved with your match reports, please let us know. And uh, thanks for listening to episode yep. eight. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Oh!